Well, um, uh, our guest today, longtime friend uh, Vish, who is uh, who, who works. You're a quant. It's a really awkward introduction. I'm not good at introductions. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll, I'll just I'll, I'll say I'll say my spiel. So so I have a PhD in finance. Worked in the investment management industry for about 15 years. Currently, I work for a firm that focuses on quant strategies and Chinese equities and emerging market equities. Okay. So, so that's it. So, yeah. Yeah. One of the people caused the 2008 financial crisis. <laughs> um, one of those rich guys who treats the who treats the stock market like your personal casino, pretty much. <laughs> I, I, I didn't expect to be berated on here. I'm sorry. Um, there's a lot of shit flying around on Twitter. Uh, apparently the wall street bets Reddit community is the socialist vanguard, uh, for, for taking down. They're sticking it to the man. Yep. Through day trading. They're getting him to the, getting him to the Greek. I, I've heard people say that, you know, this is almost as effective as a general strike in terms of. There's lots of funny ideas. There was a really funny post. I think the funniest one. I mean, each day has like a post of the day about this that are like some of the funniest tweets I've ever seen. Um, the funniest was probably the the NBA sports writer who was like, these pigs in suits won't let us win. <laughs> <laughs> in response to Robin Hood, you know, shutting down trading for a day. Yeah. Uh, but there was a great one, a great one today about how we could, uh, if all of us in the world just short selled uh, Amazon, mm-hmm. we could destroy the company, right? Take them down. We could take down Amazon if everyone just shorted it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you know, the, the issue with that is if you, you shorting a company doesn't like you know, destroy it, you know, push it into oblivion or something like that. It, it doesn't just, really do it. It doesn't really do anything other than create risk for yourself. Yeah. yeah right. I mean, it, <laughs> it, 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 it does reduce the stock price for a while, but eventually it'll just go back to equilibrium. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so that's uh, probably not, probably not a great idea. So Vish, you work at a hedge fund. Um, well, uh, not an investment management firm. Invest- I, I don't work well, at a hedge okay. fund. Okay. I, I know hedge yeah. fund's kind of a slur. So investment management firm. <laughs> no, no, it's it's actually not a hedge fund. I, I do not work at a hedge fund. So, so I wouldn't to, to accuse you of doing so. <laughs> but at the same time, I mean, yeah. you guys must have been pretty freaked out when this ragtag group of Redditors took down some of the biggest. I mean, how many of your coworkers I, I excited, jumped out of windows, actually? Well, so, so, you know, because we're primarily invested in Chinese equities, it's not our um, uh, deal, right? It doesn't really affect us. But, I, you know, just to kind of go over this thing, because I don't know, you, you know, folks might have a rough understanding of it. And frankly, I had a rough understanding of it only a few days ago. I, I didn't actually keep up with the whole GME, WSB, deep fucking value uh, uh, stuff. Until, you know, I, uh, you know, I was reading about it on the news, uh, uh, listening to Planet Money, all that stuff. So, so l- let me just run through it, because I think there there's some things that, uh, you know, it's probably common knowledge, maybe some things that are a little bit more subtle, a little bit less known. So I'll, I'll go okay. through it. You can interrupt me at any point. So um, definitely never, you never, know, never say yeah. that to Matt. OK, 
Right on. <laughs> okay, I, I need to mention that all the views expressed here are my own and not those of my company, and I'm certainly not giving any investment advice. So, so l- let me just run through the story of GME really quickly, in case anyone doesn't know this story. So this has been covered better by uh, other folks like NPR's Planet Money. So I'll just summarize. In September 2019, a Reddit user named Deep Fucking Value bought January 2021 calls on GameStop with a ticker price of $8. Or with a strike price, I'm sorry, with a strike price of $8. So in September 2019, GME was uh, about $4 per share. That's GameStop. GameStop. Stop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> GameStop, um, yeah. Yeah, so 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 GameStop was about four dollars per share. Uh, deep fucking value buys uh, January twenty twenty one calls on GameStop with a strike price of eight dollars. I don't know exactly how much those calls cost at that time, but it, it must have been a small amount of money, right? If, right. if the, the the stock is at four dollars per share, you're buying the right to buy the stock at eight dollars per share. It you know, double the value like right. in a month or something, right? Yeah, you're you're basically taking over a year. Yeah, yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. Oh, okay. So so okay. he yeah, he bought this a while ago, right? And and he he it was some YOLO play on on uh Wall Street bets. Um you know, if if you're buying this in in September 2019, uh you're expecting the stock to more than double. And he he was buying it purely for value reasons. He wasn't um you there know, were defensible reasons to do it as well. Yes. Like no, no, their debt, absolutely. Their debt wasn't as bad as people thought. Yep. They got a new CEO. Right. And well, even so, so in September 2019, GME's, that's GameStop's, price to sales ratio was about 0.07. That is insanely low. So, you know, the S&P 500 at that time had a price to sales ratio of 2.25, right? So 0.07 is very cheap. You, you, you know, if, if a stock has a 0.07 price to sales ratio, uh, the implication is that the average investor expects the stock to go bankrupt or that its sales are just going to completely collapse. Because um, they're making a lot of money right now, is what you're saying. Um, yeah, yeah, right. And, and, and you know, relative to their price, they're, they're, they're making a lot of money, right? So, so the, the implication is folks thought, look, everything's going online. Um, you know, there's, there's no way... Uh, this is going to do that well. So, you know, while it is the case that GameStop was and is from a business perspective hurting because of uh, game and console selling moving online and because of COVID-19, um, it's probably not going bankrupt, especially not now. You know, in, and in September 2020, uh, when GameStop was between $7 and $10 this year, uh, some folks on Wall Street Bets noted that GME had a short interest well above 100%. And I, I think it was peaked at, ar- at around 140%. So that means that of its shares outstanding, over 100% of them were being shorted, right? So people were betting wow. on the stock mm-hmm. going down. Um, now, if the stock price keeps going up, then those uh, hedge funds who are shorting the stock, and it's generally hedge funds, will be forced to cover their short by buying back shares which further pushes up the price of the stock. Here right. that's what I that's what we need to talk about. So Yeah. my conception of when a short fails, right? 
was just that you let's say you short a stock and the stock goes up. I knew that that you have to pay every time that happens. I did not understand that every time that happens, you have to pay in such a way that the stock also goes higher. Well, you know, if you are just uh, you, you will get margin calls. So, so let's kind of think about the mechanics of shorting. You are uh, borrowing these GME shares from someone and, and paying them some interest. And you're selling those shares. And instead of paying them back money, you're going to give them back shares later. So you, you borrow these shares, you sell them immediately. You hope that the stock price falls so that you can buy them back for cheaper and then give the shares back. Right. So that's how you would make money. Now, let's say the stock price goes up instead. Um, so what will happen is your broker will say, hey, look, you're running out of cash. Um, so you need to make sure you have enough money to buy back GME. So if, if you shorted uh, GME at seven dollars a share and it went up to 10 and then 20 and well, eventually to 300 plus. Your broker will keep coming to you and saying, look, you need to put in more cash or you need to buy it back right now. Um, and, you know, if if your broker, if you say, look, I don't have any cash, I need to buy it back right now and give those shares back. That's you being short squeezed. You're you're being forced to buy it back and and uh, uh, OK, give the shares back. so yeah. So theoretically, if I you know, if I, let's say I was worth 400 trillion, I had 400 trillion in cash. There would be no way there would be no squeeze because I would yeah. just cover the cash every time. Sure. Okay. Sure. If you had unlimited supplies of money and you just shorted like 20 billion, but you had trillions of dollars, you would never, I mean, practically never be short squeezed unless it went up, you know, to, to a trillion. But bucks. you can't borrow them indefinitely, though, right? So, like, eventually the person who's loaning it to you is going to be like, I want my share back. Um, yeah, practically, uh, but yes, that could happen, but, but, you know, uh, practically that it ends up not being a huge issue, right? There's somebody somewhere going to lend shares. Will loan it to you. So yeah, okay. isn't part of the reason this happened that yes, it was, you know, a hundred percent shorted, but the people who shorted it very rich, but they were still just a couple small hedge funds. Like a couple fifteen billion dollar hedge funds, they weren't shorted by a, a hundred billion dollar hedge fund, so it came quicker. The squeeze came quicker, right? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, we we know about you know the, a handful of hedge funds, Melvin Capital, Point Seventy Two, D One, that were short this uh, this stock and got hurt a lot. But you, you, you know, they're, they're probably actually it's probably far more diffuse than that. Um, and, and also, even if you were to look at the stock right now, about 12 percent of its outstanding shares are held by hedge funds like, you know, more that, than that. bought. 12 percent are held or bought, like purchased. Not sure. Well, I, I understand BlackRock owns 13 yeah, percent, but, but, but that's not you know, they're not a hedge fund. Oh, okay. they're, they're, so. Right. So so 65 percent are held by investment managers that are not hedge funds. OK. I was going to say, what is a hedge fund? Explain to the, the so, audience. Yeah, yeah. So, so right. Uh, absolutely. So a, a hedge fund uh, has greater latitude in, in what they can do, right? So if, if you're a regular old mutual fund, a 40-act mutual fund in the United States, 
there's a limit to the things that you can do. You can't go out and, you know, take a, a, a levered long short strategy or something like that. You know, you have limits on the amount of leverage you can take. You have the limits on the use of derivatives, so on and so forth. A hedge fund, which is only available to accredited investors um, and institutions, um, and, and basically, let's just say rich people, right? So, so it's only available to rich people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, they have much more latitude. They can more or less do whatever the hell they want. Um, so, so they can lever up to the sky. They can. Um, uh, They're also sh- kind of a scam, right? They're the the average return of a hedge fund is lower than just buying the S and P five hundred index. That's a good point, right? So you know we expect that hedge funds should have higher expected returns than a mutual fund because they have all this flexibility. It turns out empirically that's not the case, right? And and at, at least over whatever you know depends on the the subsample you look at the sample you look at, but you know on average um, you know. They haven't outperformed. Right. Yeah. I think Warren Buffett won some big bet about this. Yeah. Warren Buffett bet some guy like a hundred grand that the yeah. S&P 500 would outperform, you know, the 10 best hedge funds. And uh, so like, yeah, so that's an odd angle of it too. Like it's not that unusual for hedge funds to fuck up. Right. Oh, I, I mean, absolutely. And, and the, the mere fact that they're, um, Performance has been mediocre, and in particular, there there are subsets of strategies um, like uh, long short strategies that have done especially poorly lately, um, and and quant hedge funds as well. Again, you know, generally perform poorly. Do you think that now that the stock is in the three fifties, four hundreds, that it's being reshorted? Because it seems yes, like a good stock absolutely. to short now. Like it's definitely not worth four hundred. <laughs> yes. So, so th- that's an excellent point, and and you know it happens to be the case that you know people are looking at the short interest and they're saying, hey, there's a short squeeze. Why aren't we seeing the short interest? Because I think the short interest dropped from one forty to one hundred, but they're, they're sort of expecting this thing to collapse. But as those hedge funds are getting squeezed out, others are saying, hey, you know what? This stock looks pretty expensive. Let me short this stock. Right. Right. So, um, you know, the the short interest is not going to go to zero or something like that. I mean, I guess for most stocks, it, it, it wouldn't go to zero. But the, this is, you know, even if the short squeeze continues, the, the short interest is going to remain relatively high as as other folks come in. Why hasn't uh, GameStop done a stock offering? The, so that's a good question. I mean, I think it takes, well, not I think, it takes time, right? So, so let's say they said, look, um, it is optimal now to issue shares because we expect the stock price to... Uh, fall, uh, you know, why don't we do that? Like, first of all, there would be an immediate negative reaction to that news. The stock price would fall. Um, and they would issue later, you know, whenever that the, the time would come, they would issue later at, at some lower price. So I, I think they're presumably- it Takes weeks? Uh, you know, on the order of. Because um, so, AMC got it. AMC did it this week, Right. Did they actually issue at that moment? Um, I guess it's unclear. Okay, they announced okay. that they they announced that they cleared a lot of debt with a stock offering. Okay, okay, got it, got it. I mean, I, I think it is optimal. You know, if you are GameStop right now, you would want to uh, you would want to issue stock. So, so I'm I, I'm not certain exactly what the calculation. Is. I mean, 
would there be some sense that if they did that, you know, the SEC might put them in jail or something <laughs> like uh, the SEC would not like that? That's a good question. You're saying would would investors sue them saying, look, um, you know, you basically took advantage of market manipulation to issue shares. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I you know, th- that's outside of my realm. Because it's been like a week. It's been like a week over 300. I mean, how much how long are they supposed to wait before cashing in? Yeah, it, it's 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 a fine question. Honestly, I'm I'm not on that side of the business. Right. I'm I'm on the on the 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 buying side. Right. I'm not the guy issuing shares. So so but it's a good point. It's a great point. I, I, I don't know what their calculus is. So this this kind of ties into uh, an article from our, our friends at uh, Jacobin. Jacobin? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> the one and only uh, by uh, Doug Hinwood. Uh, I love the title of this. It says the GameStop bubble is a lesson in the absurdity and uselessness of the stock market. Is it, though? I think it's I think it's just <laughs> I think it's just the market uh, doing what markets do. Well, the, the point he makes in this article is he says, look, you know, companies don't use stock to raise funds. They use the, the income they make. Right. And most of the stock was issued years ago and the companies don't see a dime. So this is all just like rich people, casino shit where they're, you know, manipulating stuff and making money. So um, I guess the question for you, Vish, is, is like, uh, is that true? And like, what actually ties the value of the stock to a company? Yeah, that's a good question. So uh, stocks uh, or, or companies issue stock all the time as, as secondary equity offerings. And they use that capital to invest in new lines of business or to kind of shore up their cash base. Uh, in expectation of uh, potential losses. So uh, this does actually matter, right? The the game does matter. Uh, the you know stock issuance does occur. It's not as if you IPO and then it's nothing uh, thereafter. Um, so so that part's definitely uh, not correct. Now as to what anchors um, the the value of a firm to reality, it is in the longest term, dividends, right? So if you were to buy a bond, it would pay interest. If you buy a stock, eventually, you know, even if it doesn't uh, currently pay dividends, you would expect that eventually, uh, if it got stable, it had no more use for its uh, cash, it would pay dividends to the investor. Um, So dividends is the ultimate anchoring point uh, for uh, the prices of equities. Dividends that's what and share buybacks. That's yeah. that's what it, that's uh, you know another genre of really dumb post about all this. It's like stocks are just fake, and I'm like, <laughs> well, no. If you own if you own shares in a company, right, and the company makes some money, usually they pay you a dividend. You like get money from the fact that they're a profitable company. You know. Okay, um, I'm gonna blow also- your mind because money is a social construct. <laughs> <laughs> right. right why is well, why is mo- like it's green pieces of paper are you kidding me it's all just like capitalist propaganda you know what everything is a social construct social constructs are social constructs <laughs> the the term social construct is a social construct that's true that's literally true. calling things social constructs 
socially that's been constructed for me to do that. <laughs> but do we actually need like, you know, do do we need hedge funds and do we need short selling are these things that we, have- we need short selling i i you know I, I as far as far as the value that hedge funds in particular provide i actually don't know the answer to that i do know that uh if you have short selling you generally prevent the greatest excesses of the market so in uh countries that don't allow short selling um you will often have steep rises in prices and steep crashes because there's nobody to disagree, so to speak, and say, yes. hey, look, let me sell this stock short. I don't think it's worth this much. That push and pull is a valuable thing. Now, sometimes those folks are wrong. And over the past three months, or I think six months, uh, short sellers have, in general, underperformed horribly, right? So you, you know, the, the most shorted stocks have done exceptionally well. Um, the other thing about it is like short selling short selling is not like a market contagion, right? Like we don't have to worry about short selling destroying the market because short sellers are always contrarian, right? There's not going to be like your mutual fund is not going to be devastated by short selling. Um yeah, uh l- let me let me think about that idea. So so l- let's say a a firm needed to raise capital but was otherwise um Fine, right? So, so if if they just got some capital now, they, they could get over this hump, and and they would you know be great after that. But a bunch of short sellers came in and just kept selling this stock short. In theory, that stock could get um, th- that firm could go bankrupt because it would be unable to raise sufficient capital to get over that hump. So that's a theoretical case where, or a hypothetical case where short selling would actually be damaging. Uh, to the economy. But on average, we don't see that, right? So on average, short sellers aren't constraining uh, capital raising uh, in in that way. Uh, They just tend to add efficiency to the market. Why would short selling actually decrease the price of the stock, though? Because um, you're creating... So, so, you know, there's some supply and demand for the the stock, Mm -hmm. and you're basically creating, if you will, artificial supply. You're borrowing these shares and selling them back to the market. Oh, right. So it's sort of like the stock has been sold twice, even though there's only one of it. Yeah. I mean, that's a way to look at it. Um, My understanding. Oh, another thing I saw is that um, it it was too confusing for me. I could not process it. But essentially, every time you short, there's actually three customers, right? There's three parties involved. Oh, that makes sense. So you so. When a stock is like 140% shorted, that doesn't mean that, you know, 100% of the shares have been shorted. It's that the two there's two parties that are shorting in proportion to one party who's buying. Uh, I, I don't actually understand. Uh, well, I, I, I can talk about how, uh, you know, more than 100% can be shorted, uh, but I actually don't don't understand what you're getting at there. Uh. Matt, but, but 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 let me kind of explain this idea, right? So, um, you know, when you short a stock, you're you're borrowing the shares and you're selling them, and and let's say that happens for every outstanding share, then you're a hundred percent shorted. The, you mm-hmm. know, hundred percent of the outstanding shares have been shorted. But then, 
there's another buyer, another set of buyers who bought all the stock that you shorted and then sold. Uh-huh. Then those people can lend their shares out and then, the, you know, other people can short that. And that's how you can oh, get above okay. 100%. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. That was an elaborate oh, hope. It, no, she was realizing so my, my, my one contribution to this. Episode, I, I, used to I didn't know, know if you're fucking with us or not. You're like, oh, no, it no, all no, makes no. sense now. When does no, this that, end? That was a really good explanation. They, never talk, they never talk about this at Dershfest? Oh, shh. No. <laughs> no. I actually, I mean, I took like classes on this in, in school. I used to know a lot more, but. The stock market stresses me out. I I like safe, less risky investments long term. You know. I do have mm-hmm. a question for Vish because I have some money now and I want to invest it. Um, <laughs> but I want to invest it in. Uh, here's a, here's a way that I think investing in the stock market is a scam. Venture capital, right? And you know the the retail investor like I am, I can't invest in startups really. Right. Okay, wait. So, so that's a great point. You're, the the question then is: Do venture capital funds do better than just buying the S and P five hundred? And the answer is no, right? So, so do, investing in venture capital funds, you know, once you account for the risk, is not actually a a. But I don't want to invest in a venture capital fund. I want to be a venture capitalist, right? <laughs> okay, okay. Because so, they have an right? they have an inherent advantage, which is they can invest in startups, and I can't. Yeah, I mean, well, well, I, you, you, you're saying you have insufficient capital to go and invest in a startup, right? But th- theoretically, right? Like I can I can buy you know ten thousand shares worth of you know a company that just does their IPO, right? I have to wait okay. for their IPO. Okay, but I can't I can't. I can't go to some startup and say, hey, can you just give me $10,000? They won't listen to no, me. No, 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 dude, dude, call, call them up. I mean, they, they might, they might. And, and I, I'm, I'm saying that uh, seriously. Like if, if you see a private firm and you are, you know, you want to invest money in them, just send them an email and be like, hey, uh, I, I got 10,000 bucks. Oh, I, really? I know it's not a lot. Yeah, I did not go. think that was possible. No, no reason why you couldn't. All I'd right. like to point out that uh, podserious.com is actively seeking investors. <laughs> <laughs> We're looking for angel investors. <laughs> Get in on the ground floor, guys. We're going to change the podcast. Right, and the Patreon, game. if you want to kick into the Patreon as well for Centrist Madness. I mean, that's, that's our, venture capital in its own way. Yeah, all of our Patre- Patreons or patrons at Patreon are sort of like investors. They'll never see returns, but in a way, <laughs> in the most important way, they are investors in 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 Centrist Madness. Um, in, in, in the same way that all the short sellers of GameStop are investors. <laughs> right. Yes. So uh, there's been. Oh, well, what lot if you could of- short sell Patreons? <laughs> <laughs> it would add liquidity to the market, right? Oh my god, yes. We gotta we gotta do this. Matt, you well, should create your own stock market. I don't know. The, the Matt Matt Bucks. You should at least have decks, a crypto. Porn yeah. decks. Right? Porn decks. Porno, or my porno own coin. coin. Porn coin. 
right? Corn coin. Matt, yeah. Matt coin. Matt coin. It always has value, um, unlike Bitcoin, because you can always, you know, use it to buy nudes for Matt. So, that's, oh my God, why that's do you want to? Why do you want to build our whole business model around that? Whose idea was it originally? Well, I couldn't come up with mm-hmm. anything else. Okay, all right, I'll stop trying to whore you out. We need um, to let's change subjects. Let's talk about something I'm else. I'm trying else to that change that the subject. That sounds subjects. like a great idea. <laughs> Okay, because there's there's one angle of this we didn't cover, which is all the kerfuffle about Robinhood uh, stopping people from buying the stock. And, you know, yeah. a lot of people like AOC have come out and been like, you know. And Ted Cruz. No. Right. But but I mean, I, I think the, the, there's a lot. It is pretty nuts that they prevented folks from transacting in a security that they otherwise would be able to. Um, I mean, that is a risk that they are taking, right? That, that is up to them to take that risk, right? I'm, I'm maybe sufficiently libertarian in that uh, regard. I, I was going to say, I wasn't sure, but I read at work that I think they stopped the, the trading because they didn't have the, the cash flow to do it. So, but, but again, I, I, I don't wait, even understand what, said, what does that right? mean though? Like, you, you know what I mean? Like the, if, uh, if, if an investor is putting up, putting money into their brokerage account and saying, I would like to buy this stock, the money is coming from their brokerage account. Unless I'm missing something, you know, entirely here, like they're, they're unable to make leverage bets or something like that. Or maybe it's not like fast enough to transfer or something like that, um, where, yes, they have the money, but so many people were trying to buy at once because this this whole thing's been crazy. So, yeah, I, I, I mean, it, it's hard for me to understand the mechanics. There. I mean, as in a exchange that is functioning properly, that and, and you know, obviously these exchanges are very mature like that. That itself shouldn't be a problem. Um, if I, I'm wondering how Robin Hood is running out of money, the implication being that they're doing something with the brokerage money that people yes. are putting in my understanding um, it's a dodd frank thing where they have to put up collateral for these sorts of trades got it and they they ran out of collateral and so like yesterday they borrowed like 700 million dollars or something okay uh, and so like but now it, they're back in business if i put in ten thousand dollars and i'm like here's ten thousand dollars give me ten thousand dollars worth of GameStop stock like why do you need collateral for that? I just gave you the $10,000, which covers I, I, it. I, I've got a thought here. So if you put money in a bank, that money isn't just sitting there. They're doing stuff with it, right? So, so I'm, you know, I'm speculating here, but, but it might be the case that um, when folks are taking leverage, Robinhood, they're using the collective pool of deposited capital in brokerage accounts mm. as uh, the um, uh, collateral there. And that, you know, th- there were sufficiently many levered bets on uh, GameStop, uh, GameStop and, and these other stocks, uh, AMC and so on, that they were unable to, uh, th- they basically ran out of, of, of capital. Th- but I mean, th- the thing that you would do there is you would restrict the ability of folks to take leverage, right. uh, to use margin. You wouldn't prevent people from buying outright. So that's a little bit of a weird. The other approach. thing about Robinhood is Robinhood is weird. Because they're they're a no brokerage fee broker, right? So that has to diminish the amount of cash on hand they have, right? Yeah, I mean, but but I you know the brokerage fees as a percentage of total 
uh, assets, you know, that, that's got to be small. I, I'd Plus, imagine. they just take the fees out of the sale, right? Um, so yeah. like they they sell they they sell you the stock for like a higher price than it actually is, and that's that's I, the actual. My understanding fee. is they don't do that. They, they they sell the order flow, right? And and they're they're making money from folks um, who are buying their order flow and kind of and and also that's why their execution is so bad. And this is true. Robin Hood's execution is is not very good. Um, that is true because um, they're, they're selling the order flow to to you know firms, hedge funds, uh, and and others who are uh, presumably using that to front run. Right. So in order to use Robinhood, you agree to sell your data in exchange for free trades, right? But they're not actually free trades because if the execution sucks, then you're getting ripped off in the trade, aren't you? Well, they're just a shitty, they're a shitty company, right? It's like buying an AMC Pacer or something, right? You, you know what you're getting into. Does, does Robinhood have stock? Yes, I believe so. We, we- yeah, we should we should short or <laughs> Robin Hood. Well, they're in trouble now. No, right? no, the the, the company is privately owned. It's privately owned. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. By by that Vladimir guy. But maybe I should call them up and say, "Hey, I want a little piece of the company," and you say they might pick up the phone. <laughs> they might be too highfalutin <laughs> for me. Yeah, I, I, I Robin Hood's going to be a little bit tough. <laughs> that's a longer venture capital. That's 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 private equity. All right. There's venture capital. There's private equity. Then you got your angel investors. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that that's where you would be able to get in. If you got ten thousand bucks, you'd be able to to find somebody just starting up a food truck or some shit, and and you'd be able to to throw in some money there. And then you can put entrepreneur on your Twitter profile. <laughs> I have lots of ideas about restaurants. Oh, yeah, the, the tennis place. Right. I have an idea for a restaurant called uh, One Set All that has a tennis theme. Uh, but my understanding is that I can't trademark an idea for a restaurant. You have to actually make the restaurant first. <laughs> you you can't copyright or trademark... <laughs> We've gone over this. You can't copyright or trademark ideas. You can only trademark like names. You can patent you can copyright. ideas. You can right? you can if patent. If you have an idea for a device, you patent it. Yeah, but it's got to be like a specific mechanism for the device. So you got to be like really detailed. So that's a mechanism to, for a restaurant. You need to create a new certification for ideas. That'll be <laughs> yours, and then you can do. <laughs> oh. That's the ultimate way to be an idea guy is to copyright, <laughs> to create a new kind of copyright for ideas. That's like the ultimate idea, right? Which has no legal force. It, it doesn't now. <laughs> yeah. The law can change. Right? One day, Maybe yeah. That, One well, day Maddie you know, Sorts may I be recognized. probably have to become a politician of some sort. <laughs> Start lobbying, right? For a new idea law, right? Mm-hmm. But my understanding is, is that if I opened a restaurant, right, then all of a sudden a lot of the elements of the restaurant would be trademarked and there couldn't be another. Like if there's it's some not, tennis. No, it's not tra- like you can trademark the uniforms that the girls wear. OK, well, that's big. You can trademark the name one set match. 
for one restaurants. Said one said all. One said all. Because they all got you one set You could trademark that name for restaurants, but if someone wants, someone writes a book called uh, One Set All, they could, no, you know, they could still publish. because that's a different yes, context. Like, yeah, because it has to be the same context, right? You have to be creating a uh, It's not like I could start a restaurant the and then like I own the tennis tour. You know, it doesn't work that way. They can still say one set all at tennis matches, right? Right. And people could still use that name for a company if it wasn't a restaurant. Exactly. For the restaurant space. I don't I don't want to, you know, rule tennis. I just want to have Why my. Why did I bring this up? <laughs> I just want the restaurant. But my understanding is if I made the restaurant, you know, I would have trademark and copyright of the name. power. Yeah. There's no copyright, dude. Copyright is like a book. It's like a song. Okay. <laughs> it's it's in a fixed medium of expression. Hey, hey, you don't know this restaurant. This restaurant could have come with its own theme song that they Oh. Maybe. Oh no. Have you ever been to Joe's Crab Shack? No. I went no. to Joe's Crab Shack once. I don't know if they do this at every Joe's Crab Shack. But they would come out and sing and dance every hour. And I was there a little over two hours. So I got three of them. Right. And so like every hour, everything would stop and all the waitresses and waiters would stop and dance to Love Shack. And uh, and uh, I don't know why I brought that up. It's just something <laughs> we could do. <laughs> I, I've actually I've, I've seen the B-52s live. That was a strange concert. Oh, they just had that reunion tour. I saw them a while ago with the, with Squeeze. Yeah, I, it was a weird. I was like twelve. I don't know. You saw them with Squeeze? <laughs> yeah. Was it a short Squeeze set? Was it a short oh. set? From... <laughs> no, it was it all one, one set all. No. <laughs> 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 Uh, this is like the, the edible peaking uh, part of the episode. I didn't have one. This is all me. What? It's just me. What? I'm oh just my me. God. Um, this is kind of new, right? This whole uh, Reddit mob moving markets and shit. Um, we've seen how well democratization of the media has worked out in terms of, you know, almost ushering in fascism and whatnot. Do we have anything to fear from these Reddit hordes? Is Does this require new regulation? Um, is it a problem? I, you know, I, I don't see an obvious issue here. If, if, you know, we see stocks running up in price because of a, you know, everyone thinks it's a deep value stock. And then, you know, they're also interested in uh, uh, kind of creating a short squeeze. You know, that's a risk that short sellers take. Um, now, I, I, I do think there is some element of market manipulation here, um, but you know we'll, we'll need to see how things play out in the coming months and, and years, right? If this becomes a trend where you know, stocks randomly uh, uh, spike uh, by mm -hmm. you know, 10, 20 times, I, I think that could be a problem because presumably that is behaving like a Ponzi scheme at that point where folks are trying to run up a stock price, get in early, and then get out before it crashes. 
and companies, you know, make like try to change their ticker symbol to like Doge or whatever. Um, to- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like- Cummins, Cummins International used to be CUM. And I bet they're ruining the day that they chose to change that. But it could be huge for them now, you know, like Elon Musk tweets about it and boom. Exactly. That guy seems to be committing crimes. Seems like he commits crimes now. Like, seems what does he like do? He's do- he just he's tweeted doing stonks. No, he he recommended that people buy stocks, right? GameStop. He has like Stop. a he has like he has like a crusade against short sellers, right? That's an element of this. That's you know, there's a cultural thing about short sellers keeping these you know you know keeping American greatness back, and it's very MAGA. There's MAGA elements to it, and because Tesla. Tesla is an overvalued stock. It, they short squeezed and gamma squeezed and whatever you want to call it. And now it's an insanely overvalued stock. It's more valuable than every other car company in the world put together. Well, do, do keep in mind, they didn't short squeeze, right? It, it's that, you know, their stock price ran up and then the short sellers happened to be short, you know, squeezed. Elon didn't do anything in particular to make that happen, except by being fairly popular and and charismatic and and yeah he did shit all over the uh short sellers but that's not something that he said he, like he was like we need to fuck these guys over right he, he was like he, he called him out by name and was like fuck you short sellers are like bad for the economy right well i i don't i i don't consider what he did stock price manipulation i am not you know in compliance or anything like that, but just talking Except for the 420 about, thing, right? 420 thing. Oh that yes, no, no, no. That was absolutely yes. He he did and should have gotten punished for that. So so that is a a good thing that that happened. But but you know the the stuff he said subsequently, just shitting all over short sellers. I mean that's fine. I I you know I I think and there's something he said recently. This wasn't specific, but he, it's it's something that I believe is wrong. And I, I've already talked about this, but he said you can't sell houses you don't own, can't sell cars you don't own, but you can sell stock you don't own. This is BS. Shorting is a scam, legal only for vestigial reasons. That's not why it's legal. It's legal because it uh, happens to improve market efficiency, right? That is a more free market where you're allowed to borrow shares and 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 sell them, um, and it also happens to improve pricing efficiency. Well, and it's um, nonsense too. Like if you if you love Tesla, right? Why wouldn't you short sell? You know other car companies, right? It's, well, I, well the, the, that doesn't actually help Tesla, right? I mean, short selling. But if, you, if your understanding, if your understanding of the market is that Tesla fucking rocks, then maybe you would short sell their competitors. You know? Well, I mean, you, you might as a hedge buy Tesla and short GM, but th- that turns out that probably be a bad hedge, right? They're they're not super highly correlated. The, the act of shorting a competitor doesn't really help you know, that company, like I, it, it's, if, if there is any help, it would be really on the margins. I just, I just think culturally there's this thing that we got into, especially in the Trump years where we started believing in like the power of faith to overcome all reality. Mm. Uh, one example is the Connor mm. McGregor Floyd Mayweather fight, which uh, is a fight that should not have been sanctioned. Uh, it, and it's a fight where Floyd Mayweather was like a, a three to one favorite against someone who had never boxed professionally. <laughs> <laughs> right. So one of the 40 greatest boxers to ever live 
was fighting someone who had never boxed before. Okay. And that was a three to one proposition. It was licensed and sanctioned, which is absurd, right? What's the problem? I'm, I'm, I'm wondering what the problem with it being licensed and sanctioned is. I mean, it, oh. you know, they're, they're both making money there. They're, you know, nobody's going to die, presumably. 15 years ago, that this was unthinkable that you could have someone who in their first pro fight with no amateur background fighting. Yeah, but the, I don't know. The best Who cares, boxer in the man? World. It's it's um it's it's money made on all sides, right? That's a market, baby. Well, but what's yes. the problem? I, uh, I, I don't yeah. understand. Greed is good, Matt. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying that the boxing business did not used to work that way. Like, it, yeah, I mo- mean, it, it was wrong. This fight, happened, dude, this dude, fight uh, happened in Vegas. It didn't happen in international waters. It didn't happen, you know, in Macau. This fight was let like the the Nevada Gaming Commission approved this fight. Like, that's crazy. Oh, but, but, dear me. The the boxing <laughs> standards. Uh, I'm clutching my pearls at this transgression. Oh, like, do man. you see why, like, I could not be licensed to fight Mike Tyson, right? Yeah, I'd watch no, that. I think that would be a great fight. <laughs> <laughs> but the reason it can't be licensed is like, you know. You'd have to a, rely on your wits. There's, 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 a decent, there's a decent chance he breaks my neck, right? <laughs> That's the reason no. it can't be licensed. You call Mike Tyson, you give him $10,000 to fight you, <laughs> and then you profit off people watching that fight. Oh, it's good. It's sure. Good. Now, I would fight Mike Tyson, right? I'm not one of these people who thinks, oh, I, there's no like, there's no amount of money. If you paid me a million dollars, I would do it. But would you pay Mike Tyson to fight him? No, no. I need to be getting paid. <laughs> what kind of deal is that? You, you just, that's pure Wait. masochism. Well, <laughs> Jason's like, okay, <laughs> take your money. But I, I, like with Trump, it's the same thing. Like, well, Trump won, so n- reality isn't real anymore. And there's right, this kind of nihilistic. There's this nihilistic culture where we make the unbelievable real, right? You can win a primary with thirty percent support. You can do it. Right. If you just exactly. believe. There's some of that. That was some of it, right? Um, yeah, th- th- that's a good question. I, I think I, I see that because, you know, I've started reading these these message boards and, um, you know, the, the way people talk, it is a lot about belief and not it's no longer the value story. Right. This isn't deep fucking value uh, describing the value story precisely. This is people saying, literally, I like the stock and, um, you know, I'm going to hold. Um, the, the, you know, what's interesting, though, is that holding isn't enough, right? You need to be buying to create that demand to push up the price. Um, of course, selling will only hurt. But, but the point is that uh, if you want to push up the price, merely holding is, is insufficient. I mean, it's sheer madness to not sell right now, right? Probably. But I, I yeah, right. But, but you know, it, it's unclear. Like, at what price would we have said that, right? Like, I, I mean, you know, if we saw it at 150 or 200 after it went up from 20 bucks at the at on January 12th, right? January 12th, it was 20. And then, you know, it it went up to 350 and then 460 and then down back to 350, all this stuff, right? You, you know, at any given point between that, let's say 100 and above, we probably would have been making that same case. Ah, it's gone too far. You know, it, it can't can't keep keep going you know no we do know it's a right. bubble right right so right. like i i agree 100 percent there right i i think it, this can't be uh maintained 
Probably. So investing in bubbles is usually a risky, like zero sum. Oh, it, it, it's, it's definitely zero sum, maybe even negative sum. Um, if, if you account for the fact that capital is being misallocated. Um, but, but yeah, you know, bubble investing, trying to kind of greater fool invest, uh, that is pure, um, uh, th- that's inefficiency. It's like a flip yeah. of the coin, and um, you know you can no, see you can yeah. see the memes that they posted about it. Right game. at first, the, their memes never contemplated not selling here. They've reached the end game, and now they're just in this strange game of chicken, I guess. To be where like they don't want to say they're selling, and partly they don't want to sell. But they know that it has to happen soon, right? Right. I, I suspect a lot of folks who are saying they don't want to sell are unloading their position um, because, you know, you, you, you'd have to, you know, there's some percentage of people who, who are probably uh, deceptive and, and just want to get out at the highest possible price. Um, now, I, I, I suspect there are folks out there who are true believers who think this thing is going to a thousand or above. Um, in theory, one could generate that much demand, Right. Uh, but it's not going to be tied to fundamentals. It's not something that can be made. And it won't be a squeeze anymore, right? No, I mean, it, it would Is continue the squeeze being, still there? there the, there's 98... Yeah, there's per- new short sellers. Yeah, there's about 100% of the shares are being shorted right now. But remember, there will, you know, there will never be... It will never get to 0%. There will always be someone new who's like, hey... 400, I'm going to short here. 500, ah, like, you know, I'll get it. I'll short. You know, so so it's it'll always uh, be reasonably high. All right. Or at, at, at least for the coming coming monthers. Hope, you want to talk about Selena plus Chef? <laughs> Actually, <laughs> I, I was going to ask Vish. <laughs> I think I, I was going to ask Vish wrong. if he had any questions for us. You think we're wrong? No, I, I'm good. I'm good. Go, go, you guys go. Oh, I was going to say, I think it's called Selena and Chef, not Selena plus Chef. Really? No, because yeah. I, I think Selena said Selena and Chef on one of the episodes and then was like, oh, uh, is that right? OK, well, maybe that was the episode I realized. I don't know. All right. <laughs> Did you know Matt is Selena Gomez's number one fan? No, I'm not number one. I am a sealinator. A sealinator. All right. Let's put a button on it. Save your audacity, guys. Right on. Wait, let me let me reiterate my my disclaimer just so there are, there are two copies at the beginning and end. Um, so all the views expressed here are my own, uh, not those of my company. I'm not giving any investment advice. No advice to buy or sell any security. Boom. That's it.